Hello and welcome to Ascent's podcast, Exploring Standards. My name is Jess and in this podcast, I will be talking to the experts in the consultancy industry. At Ascent, we pride ourselves on championing international standards. And in each episode of this podcast, I will be talking to expert consultants discussing standards, ISOs, consultancy and everything in between to bring you industry knowledge and updates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Exploring Standards. My name is Jess and I am the host and today I am joined by Robert Clements, founder and CEO of Ascent Risk Management. Robert, how are you? Oh Jess, yeah, very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm good. So uh, you've been on the show a few times now uh, and you're back on today to discuss how the pandemic has changed business continuity and specifically we're going to be looking at today um, ISO 22301, Business Continuity. So first, can you give us an overview of the standard for our listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, ISO 22301 is the international standard for business continuity management. Um, So it looks at the whole um, framework of managing business continuity. So not just a plan um, that you enact, but um, what you do before, during and after a disruption. Um, so it's a really good framework. It's been developed over a number of years. Um, originally, it was a British standard. Um, it then got adopted by ISO um, some years ago, I think 2012. And there's been a recent update in 2019, um, which was just before the pandemic, um, ironically. Um, and it's a management system standard that uh, you can um, organisations can be certified to. So very similar to 9001, 27001 and the others that we work with. Fantastic. Um, so you just said that it um, was updated in 2019 before the pandemic. Um, but how have businesses changed since the pandemic and how has that affected um, ISO 22301? Yeah, I think it's been a really interesting um, situation since the pandemic and, and why I, we thought it would be good to talk about on the podcast here, Jess, because um, the the pandemic was probably the ultimate business disruption because it no matter the type of business that you were in, you were disrupted in some way, you're impacted. Um, and some businesses um, found some positives in that as well as all of the negative disruption. Um, but what's happened since then um, is that many businesses have had to adapt the way they approach business continuity. Um, a lot of the, um, the tools and the mitigating um, controls the company's put in place are now just business as usual. So things like working from home, working remotely, doing Teams calls. Um, Many, many businesses haven't gone back um, to the old days. They've stayed online or they've got a hybrid approach, which means that their business continuity um, sort of plans and procedures are happening every day. Um, And that makes it difficult then to try and understand what really could impact the business and uh, and how that could change. of course, there are some businesses that haven't changed that much. Um, so if you've got a big machine in uh, in a warehouse or in a factory, um, obviously that's not something that you can easily do from home. Um, so they're likely to have much more traditional business continuity plans and procedures um, for those. But even that would have changed because during the pandemic, those businesses still had to operate. If you were in healthcare, you still had to go into the hospitals or into the um other locations so even those businesses i feel have changed a little bit but maybe not as um, as drastic as your sort of um, professional services or tech companies might have done 
Um, so it's really, yeah, really interesting time for business continuity. I think the important thing is that clients who, whether they've just got a plan or whether they've got the full standard, um, I think it's really important that everyone revisits um, a couple of things. One is the business impact analysis exercise. So that's something you have to do in the standard. Um, and that just takes a look at all of your business activities and all of your processes and then um, um, assesses which ones are more critical to delivering your products and services. Um, so some are directly um, impactful, um, others are indirect, um, and you can uh, have those disrupted for a longer period without becoming a problem. Um, mm -hmm. And what businesses are likely to find when they redo that business impact analysis is the priorities might have changed. So what was important, for example, an office might be less important now. Um, and other areas like IT um, or cloud-based services are probably very important now. So that just yeah. means that you're reordering the priorities. Uh, and that obviously then impacts your plans uh, and procedures and what you put in place to mitigate it. Um, so um, that's certainly the first thing I would do for businesses, um, for everyone now, if you had a plan before the pandemic, it's time to review it now for sure. Need help implementing a standard or maintaining a management system? Ascent Risk Management can support you throughout any stage of your project. The expert team delivers impartial consultancy and auditing services across multiple disciplines, including information security, cybersecurity, environmental sustainability, health and safety, quality management, and business improvement. More than just box ticking, their team works in collaboration with yours to build up bespoke management systems that return real business benefits. Find Ascent online at www.ascent1, which is A-S-S-E-N-T-1.com. So can you give us some examples of disruptions that businesses might face and how they can safeguard against them? Uh, yeah, certainly. Well, as part of implementing the standard, you would look at the potential disruptions to your business, and that might be different. Um, depending on what you do, um, obviously. Um, and that links into the business impact analysis that we talked about earlier. Previously, you would commonly look at um, disruptions to the location, so the office or the factory, and that would be things like fire or flood or, or those type of things. And obviously, they're still valid today if you rely on that facility. Um, but as we've already said, many businesses don't rely on their office anymore. So maybe... Um, the the risk factor there, the impact is is slightly less than it was. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess since the pandemic, what we've really learned is that people are the most important asset that you've got as a company. So anything that is a threat to those um, people is going to score quite highly. Um, we had pandemic on most risk registers anyway because we had things like the bird flu um, and um, you know and other um similar things that thankfully didn't have a huge impact on us in the way that coronavirus did so they're already there but i'd imagine what's happened now in most risk registers is the likelihood of that has increased which means that the controls around that um have increased um i guess there's there's other business threats that um maybe have less impact on people but certainly impact the business so we've seen the energy prices recently mm -hmm. for businesses especially manufacturing you know that's been a big um, big thing uh, and although that isn't a disruption that happens um, very quickly you know in the way that a fire would be an instant almost an instant disruption 
um, an energy price um, impact, something you can plan for, but it still needs to be planned for by the business in order for it to um, to continue. So that's those longer term disruptions um, still need to be featured into business continuity planning. Um, so companies, organisations should think about that as well um, when uh, when they can. Um, but certainly, I think that we've learned a lot from the pandemic and implemented a lot of those controls like the remote working, video calls, all that kind of stuff. So generally, I feel organisations are more resilient now than they were, but that has uh, had an impact on um, on business continuity plans and the testing of those plans. It's interesting you talk about testing. Um, how would businesses test against these to ensure that the, the controls are in place and that they're going to work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you say, Jess, it's about testing the control. So what you're relying on when something happens, make sure that's going to work um, at the time rather than just waiting for the disaster to happen and, and blindly trusting it. Um, but where we go into clients who have business continuity systems, um, testing is becoming a little bit more difficult because if they haven't adapted their plans and their controls, a lot of the tests that they were doing, like evacuating the building or working from home, um, it doesn't really offer any value to the company because they're doing that already. So I think the first thing to do with testing is to go back to the business impact analysis and the um, uh, risk assessment and make sure that the test plans are suitable for the controls and, and the disruptions that you think are going to occur. Um, and then one of the key things with testing, I think, is communication. So communicating to the team or to the to the company what's happening. Uh, make sure you don't cause a disruption by doing the test. I think that's very important. Don't pull any plugs out of the, uh, the servers unless you're confident that it's going to um, not affect the business too much. Um, companies can do it at the weekends or, you know, out of hours to minimise that potential. But it's still really important to test those controls. Um, make sure they're happening. Okay, uh, so what are the benefits of twenty two three hundred one? Well, like any of the international standards, I guess it gives you a structured framework to um, to work to. Um, there's lots of different ways of applying um, business continuity and writing a plan. And if you Google um, or search online for business continuity plans you can get hold of examples and many of the councils and some of the universities put theirs online but they're all done very differently um, i think the good thing about using an international standard is it gives you that structured framework to apply um, uh, all the clauses and as i said at the start of the, um, the session here it's not just about the plan but it's about what you do before something happens and then during that disruption and then afterwards how you um, go back to business as usual and stand down from the procedures. So as, in terms of the business benefits, I see that really clearly as a holistic approach to business continuity. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, the commercial benefit is that you can get certified to this standard with a, a certification body. That will be an independent, impartial audit of your system. Um, and then, um, you know, providing that um, you comply with the, uh, with the standard requirements. And you can evidence that, then you'll get the certification and the certification marks um, to use, you know, on your website and more importantly in tenders um, for customers. 
Um, and business continuity is a key um, requirement for many of the public sector tenders. Um, so it's within their supply chain to make sure that they've got resilience and that their suppliers are resilient. So um, so often we're seeing it come up there now. So yeah, definitely a good thing to do. Well, thank you very much for today, Rob. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and doing this um, with us. If you have enjoyed listening to today's episode, uh, please make sure you rate, review and subscribe. It really, really helps the podcast. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Check out the show description for links for more information on all topics discussed in the episode. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast and make sure to leave us a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard or have any questions, please reach out to Ascent Risk Management to talk to one of our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com. We're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All links can also be found in the show description. This podcast was produced by Jessica Ingalls and is a Clemark Studios production.